America is essentially a dream. It is a dream of a land where men of all races, of all nationalities, and of all creeds can live together as brothers. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. Today is Martin Luther King Day, a day we set aside every year to honor Martin Luther King Jr.'s birth, his life, and his dream. The substance of the dream is expressed in these profound words. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Joining me on the podcast to talk about Dr. King's legacy and his connection to the union movement is our own secretary treasurer of the New York State AFL-CIO, Terry Melvin. Terry, welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. So I want to give our listeners a a little more background on you, Terry. Um, Terry has served as secretary treasurer for the state fed since 2007 after having started his career as a member of CSEA and at age 18 became the youngest CSEA local president when he was elected as president of local 427 at the Western New York Developmental Center. He rose through the ranks at CSEA before being elected to his current position at the New York State AFL-CIO. Terry's also the president of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, CBT an organization dedicated to addressing the unique concerns of black workers in their communities. And Terry is also an ordained Baptist minister. And that's just some of your background. I know, Terry, you you have a family as well, of course. But I just wanted to um, give people a little more idea of um, your background, where you're coming from. But again, thank you for joining me. Thank you for uh, having me here today. And Terry, I wanted to start out, if I I can, with what does Martin Luther King Day mean to you? Well, Martin Luther King Day, this is a day that we remember our history uh, of our country. We remember, you know, what we have uh, been through, the struggles that we have. It's a time for us to reflect, Darcy, on the fact that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a student of uh, Dr. King and look back at a lot of his speeches. And, and I look to see today the same thing that was going on when Dr. King was on this, working on this earth, uh, the poverty uh, in our country, the poor education system for uh, students of color, a poor healthcare system, which is not equal for all, and a voting system uh, that's uh, for the elite and not for the everyday person. We still have the same battles today. So I look at this as a day to reflect and a day to really pull together as a nation uh, to come to a higher ground that he called us to, to, to work at. So then, you know, thinking of all of that, Terry, why is it so important that we remember Dr. King and reflect on what he did and what he stood for? Well, I think it's important because he called on us to be a higher, uh, higher creatures, if you will, higher human beings. He he called on us to get to a point where we were looking at people not based on the color of their skin, but uh, as he said, the content of their character. He envisioned a, a world. He envisioned a nation 
uh, where all were created equal, as our founding document says. And I think that is something when we think about Dr. King and we think about his vision and who he was and we reflect on where we are right now as a nation, particularly what we've been through over the last five years on the national level. Uh, we had an awakening in this country, Darcy, where many of us thought that uh, with having a, a, a black president for two terms, that some of that inequality uh, was being taken away in this country. We found out uh, in the Trump uh, era that there is more racist, bigoted, and misogyny in this country uh, that has been there since the inception. So this is a time when we really need to pick up the mantle of what Martin was talking about while he was on this earth and really raise ourselves up as a uh, people and as a country to a higher level. Can you talk about his support of the union movement and that connection uh, with the civil rights movement? Yeah, it's very clear that um, uh, Dr. King, uh, as a matter of fact, when he uh, left this earth, uh, the one thing that he was doing was working with the uh, striking sanitation workers from my home union, AFSCME, in Memphis. So demanding that this city will respect the dignity of labor. Uh, he was going down to help them in their strike because he truly believed that the issues of social rights, the issue of racial rights in the union movement were working cooperatively together as should have been uh, every day. I mean, he gave a speech in, uh, at the AFL-CIO convention in December of 1961. And in that speech, and I, I just want to quote a little bit, he said, Negroes are almost, Negroes are almost entirely a working people. There are pitifully few Negro millionaires and few Negro employers. Our needs are identical with labor's needs. A decent wages, wages, fair working conditions, livable housing, and old age security, health and welfare measures, conditions in which families can grow, have education for their children, and respect in their community. That's why he said, Negroes support labor's demands and fight laws which curb labor. That is why the labor hater and the labor baiter is virtually always a two-headed creature spewing anti-Negro epithets uh, from one mouth and anti-labor propaganda from the other mouth. Uh, Martin saw our movements as one and should be working together. And he was always there when labor needed him uh, as I said, he was there. His last uh, time on this earth was him helping out the sanitation workers in Memphis as they were on strike for dignity as workers in this country. That's right. And so and voting rights, too, was a cornerstone of Dr. King's legacy. What might Dr. King have to say if he was with us today when we see what's going on at the national level about voting rights? Well, you know, Darcy, as I was thinking about uh, our conversation today, uh, I went back and, and I had uh, quoted uh, this other uh, speech, that uh, parts of this speech that Dr. King uh, gave in 1957, May 17, 1957, 
uh, concerning Brown versus the Board of Education decision. Uh, in the speech, uh, King exhorts the president and members of Congress to ensure voting rights for African-Americans and indicts both parties uh, for betraying the cause of justice. He said the Democrats have betrayed it by capitulating to the prejudices and undemocratic practices of the Southern Dixiecrats. He said the Republicans have betrayed it by capitulating to the blatant hypocrisy of right-wing reactionary Northerners. He said these men so often have a high blood pressure of words and an amoebia of deeds. He went on to say, but even more, all types of convening methods are still being used to prevent Negroes from becoming registered voters. He said the denial of the sacred right is a tragic betrayal of the highest mandates of our democratic traditions. And so our most urgent request to the president of the United States and every member of Congress is to give us the right to vote. He said, give us the ballot and we will no longer have to worry the federal government of our basic rights. He said, give us the ballot and we will no longer plead with the federal government for passage of anti-lynching law. He said, we will, by the power of our vote, write the law and statutes uh, books of the South and bring an end to the dastardly acts of the hooded perpetrators of violence. He said, give us the ballot and we will- Give us the ballot and we will transform the salient misdeeds of bloodthirsty mobs into the calculated good deeds of orderly citizens. Orderly citizens. He said, give us the ballot and we will fill our legislative halls with men of goodwill and send the sacred halls of Congress, men who will not sign a Southern manifesto because of their devotion to the manifesto of justice. He said, give us the ballot and we will place judges on the benches of the South who will do justly and love mercy. He said, give us the ballot and we will quietly and nonviolently without rancor or bitterness implement the Supreme Court's decision of May 17, 1954. So what, what Martin was saying there is the voting in this country is a sacred right that all citizens should have. And I believe if he was here today, that he would be standing up speaking very loudly about the uh, attack on voting rights. Because what is going on, Darcy, today is the exact same thing that was going on in 54, 57, and 61. It's an issue of when we look at the, the current situation in our country, uh, we have a situation where the demographics of our country is changing. And over the next two decades, this is going to be a majority uh, minority country. The issue that we see before us is I'm not the only one that knows that. Those that are in power right now know that. And what they're trying to do is put systems in place to block black and brown voters from voting so that even though they won't be the majority, they can stay in control. It, it, you know, it's very much like apartheid in South Africa. They're trying to make an apartheid in the U.S. because they see the demographics changing. And I think Martin would have been very vocal if he was there today, just as he said we should all have the right to vote. If we have the right to vote and use the right to vote, he saw clearly that we could change the the the, the trajectory of where the country was going and have a moral compass at the top of our government.
And it's pretty incredible when I when you to hear you say that that here we are today in 2022 that it's similar to where we were in the late 50s and early 60s. Exactly. I mean, I, I as I said, I look at uh, Martin's speeches often uh, to give me inspiration to keep going every day in face of what we're dealing with, and and it is just that, just to see the the similarity be- between what was going on then in this nation and what is going on now. It is the same thing. They're just using different tactics, oh. and they're calling it a different thing, right? Right. But it, it it is the exact same issues with different tactics today. So how can we honor Dr. King's legacy? I, I think we have to, uh, as uh, men and women in this country, I think we, we have to do some soul searching, if you will. We have to do some soul searching. We have to uh, come to a higher calling, if you will. We have to stand up for those who are in need in this country, something that we don't always do. Labor has to take a a key role in ensuring that the rights of all uh, our citizens, uh, whether black, white, uh, yellow, uh, that we all have equal rights in this country. Uh, We've got to stand up and start shout loudly, not just on Martin Luther King Day today, but this is something, Darcy, that we need to do uniformly every day in this country. I look forward to the day, and I don't know if I will be here uh, when that day comes, but I look forward to the day when we will have a country uh, that will treat each and every person um, based on the constant of their character, where we will look at each other as human beings and not by the color of our skin where we will all be equally given the same opportunity throughout this country. So what do we need to do uh, in order to honor his legacy? We've got to step up and we've got to step out and we've got to be bold about who we are. Uh, And we've got to remember our brothers and sisters throughout the land. And we've got to make sure that we all have an equal playing field uh, when it comes to education, when it comes to health care, when it comes to right to select who's going to be um, represented us in government, we have to come together and hold hands with each other and make sure that we're all treated equally and, and with equity. Understanding that there's a difference between equal treatment and equitable treatment. Mm-hmm. Equitable treatment is understanding that uh, have uh, individuals having an understanding that there's been 400 years where the black person in this country has had unequal treatment. And you can't just flick a switch and put everybody on the same uh, playing field and say, okay, we're going to give you the same thing today mm-hmm. as the other person has. When, you know, my black kids go, go to college and they come out with a mortgage called student loans that they have to pay. <laughs> Where on the other hand, many of the white kids go to college and they their parents are able to pay for it. You know, they got whatever they needed to do. They come out without a loan. Now, both if my child who has a mortgage comes out of college and they making $60,000 a year, your child comes out of college, no mortgage, they're making $60,000. That's not equality. Equity is to get rid of that loan so they're now on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what I think we need to have as a society. We need to be looking at Uh, going forward each and every day. And that's how we can honor Dr. King's legacy. 
we can look to what his dream really was, a dream that all people would be sisters and brothers in a world governed by equality, a dream that was that anybody of any race or any background could live together in a peaceful world. He lived by his dream until his death. And that's how we can uh, uh, live up to his legacy is to live by his dream. All right, Terry. And you mentioned that, um, you know, you often look at some of his speeches uh, and writings for inspiration. Is there anything in particular that you can recommend for resources or a place where people can go if they want to learn more about Dr. King and his work? I, I think you, one uh, good place is the King Center. Uh, you can get some information online from the King Center. That's where most of, you know, his writings are there, his speeches are there, uh, understanding, you know, what he was doing and when he was doing it. Uh, that's a good source, I would say, uh, to, to learn more about Dr. King and the work that he was doing. Okay, good. Well, Terry, I know you're going to be speaking later today at the Martin Luther King Celebration, Labor and Community United for Social Justice. And that's a virtual event, as it should be right now, unfortunately. And um, we're going to include information on that in our show notes. Um, and then we'll also include the King Center, a link to that as well, because I think that will be helpful to people. But I appreciate your uh, time, Terry. Um, we really appreciate your insight as well. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Okay, thank you so much, Darcy. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Union Strong podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State Union strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.